0: Amen. We're going to ask the ushers to come. Ushers, will you come? And we'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. There's many ways to give. You can give online. You can text to give. The number's there. There's credit, debit. They have uh, Interact machines in the lobby. You can write a check. You can put in cash. All kinds of ways to give. And we want to thank you for your gift and the offering that helps to support that ongoing work of uh, evangel as we continue to reach out into the community and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together and we'll receive the offering today. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to worship you and worship you in our giving. Today, Lord, we give a portion back to you of what you've given to us. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that you've given us the capacity to give, to return these gifts. And Lord, we ask that you use it to reach into this community where we can uh, do good, where we can love each other uh, through some of these funds, use them for outreaches and sharing the gospel. We thank you for our global workers and the support that we give to them, that they might continue to share the gospel uh, in foreign lands. So Father, we love you. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Let me make an announcement that your giving tax receipts are in And they are ready for you. Many of you may have seen it on the way in. We have a desk set up in the corner back here. And you will be able to go at the end of the service, give them your name. They will hand you your envelope that has the receipted amount of your giving for 2016. It's back in the corner. We have a bunch of the staff back there. Uh, If you open up your envelope and you find that there might be a small discrepancy in the numbers... Uh, We cannot correct that today, so please... Uh, don't try and have them change some numbers at the back. We're not here uh, ready to facilitate that. But we would like you to call the office through the week, and then we'll be able to correct any of the uh, uh, discrepancies that there might be. So please try and save them time in the back. They won't be able to do anything today to help you with that. They'll just be able to give you what we have recorded. Uh, Oftentimes, there there may be some discrepancies because um, we can't always read the writing. And so we kind of set that aside. We mark it. And then at the End of the year, we kind of reconcile some of those things. So, uh, just as a as a future a note for moving forward, just print real big, real clear, so that we know exactly who's doing what, and we'll be able to receipt those things properly. So, there in the back of the corner, we want to thank our staff for uh, spending many many extra hours this week, especially Nancy, putting it together and making sure that all those things were ready for you. Very good. How many have been enjoying the forty days of prayer? I have been. You enjoying it? I've been using this card. I have it on my desk, and I try and, 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 and use it or at least uh, take some time and uh, pray for the things as they've been listed here. That kind of gives us a united front, doesn't it? When we're all praying for the same thing on a given day, if we all have these cards and we're using them, it kind of puts us on a united front as a church. Uh, on Sunday, it has the praise and meditation and Tuesday... Confession, Wednesday, thanks, praying for others on Thursdays, for myself on Friday, and listening to God on Saturday. It's just a great little uh, tool that I can use through the week. And what I'm hearing uh, are people responding to this. Uh, season of prayer, these 40 days. It's amazing how many of you have commented to me saying, I'm praying a little bit more, and I was praying for this person, and someone asked me if I could pray for this, and we're getting results, and we're getting answers to prayer. And You're kind of uniting as a family, joining together in prayer, and that's exciting, folks, and we want to encourage that. We're at day 15 in our 40 days of prayer, and you can sign up on the app. The Compassionate Heart of Jesus is the uh, version app that we have, you can go on to version, sign up, and that gives you the 40 days of prayer. It'll give you a little devotional, and it'll give you some Scripture reading and some prayer hints. They're ideal to have, that 40 days of prayer. And even in this past week, we were praying from Daniel and Lamentations and Jonah and Matthew and Luke. And so it takes you through a little bit of a journey through the Scriptures as well. So it's a learning process, learning not only the reading, the the, the, the discipleship and the devotional, but also just the d- discipline in prayer. That's so, so important. So you can sign up. You can use that also. We have the Facebook, the Evangel Online Devotional Group. You can sign up for that as well. I think we had about 125 people signed up for that devotional group. And that is a, a great tool as well. But what I'm enjoying about that is when I go on, I can see the prayers of people that they're posting. They're praying for one another. They're praying for, for each uh, community and churches. And they're praying for police and other countries and peace and all kinds of things. And so, You can sign up for both of those things and be a part of what God's doing. But you can also read through the prayers that people are praying. And it really does unite us, uh, unite our hearts together in prayer. And so we want you to continue to to sign up, but also to join us in prayer. And we're going to continue today on prayer. We're going to take some time and uh, uh, share some scripture this morning so that you can learn a little bit more about prayer about what prayer does, about what happens when you pray. We'll talk about a few of those things. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have the worship team come back up, and we're going to worship a little bit more, and then we're going to pray together at the end of the service. But we just want to continue our 40 days of prayer. We want to continue with some tools that are going to assist you in praying. And uh, so we just want you to be a part of that. Let's uh, go ahead and play that video. Can we do that, please?
1: What is prayer? Stale tradition? Ritual? A good luck charm? Part of some religious checklist done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want or at least avoid the lightning bolt. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused, but at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God The God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him in the vastness of all that exists. He actually cares about us personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God wherever we are? How can we not thank Him for what He's done or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from Him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence because Christ has torn away the veil, he's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer.
0: Very good. Sometimes it's hard to define prayer, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to find out exactly what is prayer, what happens when I pray, how should I pray. Sometimes when I pray, it just feels like a ritual. Sometimes it just feels like a good luck charm, like the video had said, or maybe stale tradition. Sometimes that's the way it feels to me. It feels like I'm doing it because I'm a Christian, and I know that I'm supposed to pray, so I'm just kind of going through a checklist of prayer, and oftentimes when I pray, I don't feel like there is a connection happening. How many feel that way sometimes when you're praying? It just seems to be a list of things that I do as a Christian. List of things that I do because I know that it's the right thing to do, and I know that God honors prayer, and I know that eventually I'll see things through or something will happen or somehow God will speak to me or challenge me or answer my prayer. But at the time, it feels more like it's just words and a ritual and a checklist and just kind of checking things off. That sometimes it's all of those things all wrapped up in one. I want to just look at one scripture today from the book of Luke. We're just going to look at one and we're going to kind of open that up a little bit so that we can understand a little bit more about what happens when we pray and what prayer could look like for us with this tool maybe moving forward. Luke is a book that has all kinds of parables in it. It's known for the parables, which are good teachings and and uh, uh, um, stories about how we live. And oftentimes when Jesus would teach a parable, he would pick something that was familiar to the people in that neighborhood. He would teach a parable. There was a funeral and he was walking into town. He would use that. And so the parables become great life lessons that Jesus uses to show us how to live. But there's an underlying theme in Luke that we don't often focus on, and that's Jesus and his prayer life. I think there are 15 or 20 references to Jesus praying in the book of Luke. And it's used oftentimes not only for the parables, but at teachings on prayer and understanding prayer at a deeper level. And when we get stuck in those ruts where prayer just becomes that checklist of things that we have to do because we know that it's the right thing to do, oftentimes when we go into Luke, we can begin to understand what Jesus did when he prayed and what happened when Jesus prayed. And so we want to take a look at some of those things today. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21-22. One day when the crowds were baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And he was, as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. As he was praying, the heavens opened. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you give me great joy. Three things happened here. One thing I want you to recognize, first of all, is that as Jesus was being baptized, he was praying. He was praying at that moment, and when he was praying, three things happened. One, heaven was opened. Two, the Holy Spirit descends. And three, God spoke. That's what happens when we pray. When we pray, we have access into heaven. Heaven begins to open up to us. When we pray, the Holy Spirit begins to descend to become a part of our moment, a part of our life. And three, when we pray, God speaks. When heaven is open, we see that as Jesus begins to pray, heaven opens up. This is significant. It's the... This time in life for Jesus was the beginning of his public ministry. And so he takes his public stand and he becomes baptized. These three things happen while he is praying. And when heaven opens, there's a connection between heaven and earth that takes place. When we pray, there is a connection between heaven and earth. What was closed is now opened. What was hidden becomes revealed. There is an openness in the spiritual realm that happens when we begin to pray. Sometimes we just see it as a checklist. But what really happens is that heaven begins to open up to us. And hidden things become revealed. There are spiritual principles that come into play. And some of them only come into play through fasting and prayer. Some of them in prayer alone. We have access to that presence of God when we pray. Matthew 27 talks about the account of Christ when the temple curtain was torn in two. At the death of Jesus, there was an opening into the Holy of Holies that allowed us access The high priest was the only one that was able to enter into the holy of holies. The outer court was reserved for lower priests or for individuals. But to go into that very presence of God, you had to be ordained as a high priest and when through Christ's life and through his death that veil was torn, that curtain was torn that allows us immediate access into the presence of God when we pray, when we worship, when we cry out to him immediately We have that access. We see the example in this verse that when Jesus prayed, heaven was opened. Secondly, the Holy Spirit descends. We know the story is, it's been written in Luke, that dove had come from heaven and rested on Jesus. Jesus. We see that as the representation of the Holy Spirit. The dove in the church today is that Holy Spirit symbol. It's the represented presence of God. It is the gentleness of God. In, in Thailand, there were doves absolutely everywhere that wake you up about four o'clock in the morning with that coo-coo sound, drive you crazy. Any given day, the doves would be landing on the driveway and in the yard. They'd be on the lines. You'd have to, I've hit them on the motorcycle. They just kind of swoop around and just kind of move. They were always, if you were sitting outside reading, they would land on the ground and they'd just come around you. There was kind of that gentleness, that presence. If everything was calm, then they would be there. The cat stepped outside the house, the doves would take off, right? There's that gentle presence of the Holy Spirit that we symbolize with the dove. And sometimes when things are out of order, the Holy Spirit tends to remove Himself. That's for free. Live in order. The Holy Spirit is there. But the Holy Spirit was seen as a dove, but in this situation, the dove also represented sacrifice. The Israelites, the Jews that would have been at that ceremony at that time when Jesus was being baptized, when they saw the dove come down, they would have seen an object of sacrifice resting on Jesus. It was symbolic to say that this was the Messiah, that this was the sacrifice. So there was a whole lot more going on at the time of Jesus' baptism when that dove came down than just the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was representing destiny for Jesus. Jesus was receiving his destiny. When we pray, the heavens are opened and the Holy Spirit comes and becomes a part of our moment and creates destiny. Not only for Jesus in the big picture, but also for you and I. The big picture is obvious. What should I do with my life? For Jesus, it was symbolizing him as that sacrificial lamb that would be the, sacri- the sacrifice for all sin, for all mankind, that would, that would destine him to, to fulfill that role as the Messiah. And for us, through prayer, we receive the same Holy Spirit that comes into our moment when we pray and we look for direction. We look for answers for the big picture, but also for the little picture. The big picture what should I do with my life, my career, where should I live? But it also helps us with the little things when we pray. The Holy Spirit is there to give us destiny for our children as we pray over them. It gives us hope and direction for our jobs, for our finances, for our neighbors, for our community, for opportunity in ministry. All of those things are part of that presence of the Holy Spirit that rests and settles with us. When we pray, the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of our life, wants to be a part of that prayer time. And thirdly, while Jesus is praying, God speaks. While Jesus is praying, at that moment, God begins to speak to him. The heaven's opened. That access is there for us. That presence of God, all that heaven offers is open to us. The Holy Spirit descends and becomes a part of our moment. And then God begins to speak and give direction. Oftentimes, in prayer, I don't hear God. God. I'm doing it because I know that it's the right thing to do. I'm doing it because I'm being faithful to my relationship with God. And I'm praying because I need direction. But not always do I hear back from God. And oftentimes when I say the prayers that I need to pray or I'm focusing on something, oftentimes I I, I feel distant and removed from God's presence. And I would say, God, help me to focus. Help me to understand where you are at so that I can hear your voice. Years ago, I took a course, and there was a simple explanation of how man is made up and how God speaks to man. You see, when God speaks to us, he speaks to us in our spirit. Man is made up of spirit, soul, and body. Our soul is made up of our mind, emotion, and our will. And so when God speaks to us, He speaks to us in our spirit, that spirit man. But most often we live out of our soul, don't we? We live out of our mind, we live out of our emotions, we live out of our will. That is the personality of who we are, and that takes the forefront in our everyday living. Our our, our mind, our emotion, and our will, our mind are all the things that we have to do that day and that week. It's all those things that are schedules and kids and dishes and laundry. It's our jobs and school. It's topping up the STM card. It's exams and bills and finals. All of those things are part of our mind. And our emotions come into play. All of the worry and stress, the joy, the fear, the depression, anxiety, sadness, all that quietness. Everything that is in our emotion is also part of our day-to-day, our minute-to-minute living. And then there's our will. The things that we want to do, the things that we do, the things that we choose to do. We always seem to find time to do the things that we want, and we always find it hard to find time to pray. How many know that's true? That's our will. The things that we want to do, the things that we find important to us, the things that we find necessary, and we make those choices to do those things. Our mind, emotion, and our will, that's our soul. And oftentimes when God speaks to us, he can't speak to our spirit because our soul gets in the way. All the busyness of our life kind of blocks that. And so we go into that with our soul and we pray and we say those things. And sometimes we have to speak to our soul and we have to tell our soul to be quiet. We have to move it aside so that our spirit can communicate with God. And so that becomes a discipline in our life. That becomes taking every thought captive and obedient unto Christ. So that we have that spirit open Disciplining ourselves to put aside the thoughts, to put aside the emotion, to put aside the plans and the will, to say, God, speak to my spirit today so that I can hear what you are trying to say. How I can hear the direction that you are giving me. God speaks to us all differently. How he speaks to me is different from you and from your neighbors. And the more time you spend with God, and the more time you spend in prayer, the more you begin to understand how God speaks to you. And when you discipline yourself to move that soul aside, the emotions and will and the mind, and you begin to listen to God, you begin to find the patterns of how God speaks in your heart and in your life. I remember going back a few years, we were... Uh, newly married, pastoring in Orangeville. We spent, well, I spent f- five years there, four years single, and the last year married. We did a year of ministry together, and then we began to pray. Just felt our time was coming to an end and say, God, what do you have for us? And He was kind of leading us in a specific direction that really didn't make a whole lot of sense, but seemed kind of exciting and crazy. And it was leaving pastoral ministry, and it was literally moving into a motorhome and traveling around and sharing the gospel through a presentation. And we thought, wow, that'd be kind of neat, but is this really what God wants for us? It's not what we're trained in. It's not what we are planning on doing. We've been pastoring. This is kind of what we know. We're going to be established here. These were the things that we were trying to battle. We're trying to hear God to find out, is this the direction that he's going? And I remember on a Sunday afternoon, in the middle of January, we went to an RV sales yard, went into the big parking lot where they have hundreds of RVs in Orangeville, and we opened up one of the doors in the freezing cold. We crawled into these motorhomes, we got looking around, and I remember a time when we were laying on the bed in the back, and Jana reached her hand out, and she could touch the wall on one side, and I could reach out and touch the wall on the other side, and I thought, my goodness, this is small. And I remember thinking, wow, we're going to raise a family in here, we're going to homeschool, We got to cook, we got to live, it's 24-7, all those things. Could we really do it as we're reaching out and we're touching the sides of the walls in the RV? And then we went home and we're laying in bed that night and Janet put her hand out and said, here, that's it. As far as you can reach there, as far as you can, can we do that? And I remember just this settling of peace coming over my heart. That God was speaking to me, giving me a confirmation that I knew that I knew that this was the path and the direction that God was leading, that God was giving me. Coming into my spirit, man, coming into that moment, setting aside my will, my plans, my purpose, but praying, it almost seemed like a section of heaven was open for me, and that the Holy Spirit was resting on my spirit, And that God was speaking a clear direction for me. God desires to speak to us. He desires to order our steps. I believe that every step that we take is ordered by God. That every step we take, every encounter we have, everybody that we come in contact with, I believe that the Holy Spirit is a part of those moments in our life. And sometimes we wander off paths that aren't designed for us. And the Holy Spirit kind of brings us back. But I believe that our steps are ordered. And in order to find the path and the design that God has for us, we have to spend time in prayer. It's not just ritual. It's not just ticking off the list. It's not some lucky charm. But it's a designed purpose spiritual practice that God has given us that opens up things that cannot be understood by man. But it takes us into a spiritual realm of leadership and direction. Prayer changes things. Prayer puts a path in place and designs our steps as we move That's where we need to live. We need to live in that moment where the Holy Spirit comes and has that encounter with us. We need to live in that moment where we're not dependent on ourselves. When we pray, what we are saying is that I need you, God, to help me. I cannot do this on my own. I need your support. I need your power, your authority, your direction. I need you to be a part of that moment in my life. So the opposite must be true. If we don't pray, then what we're saying is, I got this. I really don't need you in my life. I don't need you in those moments. I don't need your guiding and your leading. I can do this. I got this, Lord. I can do this on my own. There's a humbleness that comes when we pray. And sometimes in order for me to really hear from God, I got to kind of step out of the way because I'm my biggest problem when it comes to prayer. And sometimes I need to humble myself and I need to say, God, you do what you need to do in my life. You set the path for me. You create the opportunities for me. Here's what happens when we pray. When we pray, our eyes are taken off everything else that's around us. And we begin to see our life and our journey as Christ does. We begin to see the purposes of our life as God designs them for us. And when we live there in that purpose and in that life that God designs for us, that's when we can do good well. That's when we can love each other well. And that's when we can reveal Jesus well, is when we live in those moments when the Holy Spirit comes and encounters who we are. So folks, I want us to take some time today just to spend a few moments in prayer, in small groups, maybe just praying with people in your row or turning around and finding a few people behind you, but coming together in prayer where we can encourage each other to find that moment where the Holy Spirit encounters us, to find that moment when God can lead us on a path. I want us to spend a few minutes. we got a few minutes left in our service together. But we want to come together as a family this morning to continue with this theme of prayer and reaching out and doing good and loving each other in this place. And I know for some of you it might be a little bit uncomfortable. Let somebody else take the lead as you guys are praying together. But could we do that? Will you just stand with me as the band begins to play? Will you stand with me and just find a few people around you that you could pray with? that you could encourage today that as you pray you're knowing that heaven is opening up and as you pray you know that the holy spirit is coming to be a part of your moment and as you pray you know that god will speak to you so let's do that today can we do that just as the band begins to play will you just reach to somebody around you and begin to pray for them i'll pray over you we'll put up some prayer moments on the on the screen so that you can uh, just begin to pray and then the band's going to lead us in worship in just a moment but they're going to play quietly just while you begin to pray father we love you we thank you for this moment that we have right now to encourage each other to pray we thank you for this moment that we have where as we are opening up our heart in prayer heaven opens to us We're thankful that as we pray, Holy Spirit, you are walking amongst us in this room, that you are moving around this place, that you're hearing our prayers, that you're being a part of our moment. Father, we thank you that you're speaking to us. For some, you're giving them direction right now. You're giving them answers for finances. You're giving them answers for jobs. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for finances. Will you do that, everyone in the room? Just pray for finances for people right now. Father, we pray for finances. We pray that there would be enough to go around to pay all the bills, that there'd be extra that we could give with joy to ministry and opportunity. Your Thank you, Lord. There are people here today, Lord, that need a healing in their body. Father, we speak to the body that it would line up with the word of God, that healing would come. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the family, the church family. Lord, we extend our prayer to the family members that are represented here in our congregation this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to husbands and wives, that they would build a relationship with you. We pray for our children and our grandchildren, Lord, that they would turn their heart to serve you, that they would look to build a relationship with you. Father, we thank you for your strength and for your anointing. We thank you for this opportunity to be a part of this moment together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's join and sing and worship with our worship team this morning. Can we do that?
1: Let's just begin to
0: exalt him and worship him together today.